Section 7 of The Toilers of the Sea by Victor Hugo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by John Greenman. Chapter 7 For a Haunted House, a Visionary Inhabitant. Gilliatt was a man of dreams, hence his audacity, hence also his timidity. He had ideas on many things peculiarly his own. There was perhaps in Gilliatt something of the man of hallucinations and visions. Hallucination haunts a peasant like Martin, as well as a king like Henri IV. The unknown sometimes gives the spirit of man surprises. An abrupt rent in the gloom suddenly permits a glimpse of the invisible, then closes again. These visions are sometimes transfiguring. They convert a camel-driver into Mahomet, and a goat-herd into Jeanne d'Arc. Solitude generates a certain quantity of sublime exaltation. Tis the smoke of the burning bush. The result is a mysterious lucidity of mind which converts the student into a seer and the poet into a prophet. The result is Horeb, Kedron, Ombos, the intoxication of the laurels of Castilla Chude, the revelations of the month Bousillon. It results in Pelea Dolona, Femonai at Delphi, Trophonius at Lebodea, Ezekiel on the Chebar, Jerome in the Thebaid. Generally the visionary state overwhelms the man and stupefies him. There is such a thing as sacred brutalization. The fakir's vision is a burden to him, as his goiter is to the Cretan. Luther, speaking to the devils in the attic of Wittenberg, Pascal, masking hell with the screen in his cabinet, the negro Obi, conversing with the white-faced god Basum, present the same phenomenon differently interpreted by the brains which it traverses according to their force and dimensions. Luther and Pascal were and remain great. The Obi is imbecile. Gilliatt was neither so high nor so low. He was a dreamer, nothing more. He looked on nature a little strangely. As he had often happened to find in perfectly limpid sea-water tolerably large animals of strange and various shape of the species Medusa, which, out of water, resembled soft crystal, and which, thrown back into the water, blended with their surroundings in transparency and color, he drew the conclusion that, since living transparencies inhabit the water, other transparencies equally living might also inhabit the air. Birds are not inhabitants of the air. They are amphibious. Gilliatt did not believe that the air was deserted. He said, since the sea is filled, why should the atmosphere be empty? The creatures of the color of the air would be effaced in the light and would elude our vision. Who can prove to us that there are none such? Analogy indicates that the air must have its fish as well as the sea. These fish of the air would be diaphanous, a mercy of creating providence for us as well as for them allowing the light to pass through their forms, casting no shadow and possessing no outline, they would remain unknown to us and beyond our grasp. 
she yet imagined that if the earth could be drained of atmosphere and that if one could fish in the air as in a pond one would find a multitude of surprising beings and he added in his reverie many things would be explained reverie which is thought in a nebulous state borders closely on sleep and is bounded by it as its frontier the air inhabited by living transparencies would be the beginning of the unknown but beyond the vast opening of the possible presents itself there other beings there other facts no supernatural sin but the occult continuation of infinite nature Chiliot, in that laborious idleness which constituted his existence was a close observer he even went so far as to include sleep in the domain of his observations sleep is in contact with the possible which we call also the improbable the nocturnal world has an existence of its own night as night is a universe in itself the material human organism on which weighs an atmospheric column fifteen leagues in height is fatigued at night it is sinking with lassitude it lies down it rests the eyes of the flesh close then in that sleeping head less inert than is generally believed other eyes open the unknown makes its appearance the somber things of the unknown world become the neighbors of man either because there is actual communication or because the distant vistas of the abyss gain a visionary exaggeration it seems as though the indistinct inhabitants of space come to look at us and that they have a curiosity about us the inhabitants of earth a phantom creation ascends or descends toward us and envelops us in a twilight before our spectral contemplation another life than ours assembles and disperses composed of ourselves and of something else and the sleeper not fully aware nor fully unconscious catches a glimpse of these strange animals these extraordinary vegetations these terrible or smiling lividnesses these larvae these masks these figures these hydras these confusions this moonlight without a moon these obscure decompositions of the marvelous these augmentations and diminutions in a troubled thickness these floatings of forms in the shadows all that mystery which we call dreams and which is nothing but the approach of an invisible reality dreams are the aquarium of night so thought juliet end of chapter seven for a haunted house a visionary inhabitant